If you're over 40 and want to be the best version of yourself, Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence is here to help. Clarence Ferguson is a seasoned loan officer, fitness expert, personal chef, and entrepreneur who leads a revolution of men and women who want to live their best life going into middle age. Inspiring dialogue, challenging topics, and industry leaders are here offering tips and how-tos to improve your life. Now, here's Coach Clarence. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Fit Over 40. I'm your host, Coach Clarence, and I have two returning champs, Nancy Meek and Kathy Droves. And you know what? They have so much going on. I don't even know if we'll be able to fit it in in an hour. I'm just glad they put me on the schedule because these two are like rock stars, you know. Um, and there's Nancy over there being shy again. <laughs> Why are you being so shy? I'm not being shy. <laughs> she seems really shy. How are you, Kathy? I'm good. Thank you. Listen to that voice, people. That is the voice. I'm not shy. <laughs> Imagine her calling as a telemarketer. You owe us money. Really? Tell me about it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> but if you saw me in person, it doesn't fit the voice. You it know that. Oh, <laughs> you kick gosh. some butt out there. Oh, okay, so you how long has it really been? Has it been like a year? No, because we were here. So it hasn't been a it hasn't been a year? It hasn't quite been, it hasn't been quite been a year and you two are up to a whole lot. And I'm actually working on not saying guy, because some lady told me, you say guy to women, and I say it's just a figure of speech, but some people have issues with it. So if, if you guys hear me, see, I just said it. See, it's a habit. You two hear me say that. Don't take it personal. I'm working on that. We're fine. We don't care. Okay, good. All right, so a lot has happened. So let me ask you two. Um, you guys were interviewed by Facebook about your Facebook group. How did that come to be? And tell me about that. Go ahead. Okay, fine. Well, yes. Um, so Meta, which Facebook, Meta, mm -hmm. a public relations person contacted us and said that Meta was looking at their Facebook groups, in particular women, to see how successful they were mm -hmm. and asked her to please find the people in the area of Arizona that fit that bill. They chose uh, the Women 360 and contacted both of us, and Meta asked us to write an article, or you know, and of course they did put in their own little stuff right there, but they asked us to write an article about how we went about, how we were able to gain 2,000 women in the Scottsdale Wine Club that Nancy runs, and then the Women 360. So combined, we had about 4,000. Oh. And they wanted to know how, what, and why. And so that's what the article was about. It was great. It was in AZ Media. Um, they pitched it to the journal and went out to a couple other outlets. So I assume because of that, you got some more um, people who got in the groups. Yes. Yep. Is there a qualification process, or can anybody join, obviously? You can apply. Anybody can um, offer to go in and put their name and information in. We do have to vet them and let them in. And, you know, once in a great while, for whatever reason, somebody will get denied. But most everybody who wants to get in there, if they're legit and they fill out the information, we love to have them. When you say legit, do they have to be a business owner or can they be anybody? No, no, they can be anybody. We have entrepreneurs. We have aspiring people looking to do new things, mm -hmm. people that, you know, work for others, people that have their own business. So we really welcome all of the women that want to get in there and just have support and education and somebody to rally with. 
I like it. I and like men. It. I mean, there are men yeah. that apply, and, and we bet them, too, to make sure they're not in there just to date Nancy. We want to make sure that they're in there for all the right reasons. Exactly. I was going to ask that, so you jumped ahead of me on that. Like, I'm sure there's guys who get in the groove just to, like, work it, like, who join the Scottsdale Wine Club. Well, that that does happen occasionally, and when, I mean, luckily I have a, a gal that takes care of all the screening, and she's she's our bulldog, so whenever there's a message that's a little unsavory, she immediately reaches out and tells them, this is the team, and this is inappropriate, and we're blocking you. And wow. She gets great satisfaction out of just, yeah. <laughs> but it also works, Nancy, for, uh, to our advantage, because when men don't join groups that easily, so they watch the numbers they're watching to see who's in the group, I'm sure. And then if they have a business where they want to get in front of women, which is part of what we do, then they say, well, let me at least join. And and that's how that led to the Porsche event, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, we love to have the men in there that are supportive of women, of course, mm-hmm. if it's all genuine. We're not a man bashy group by any means. We, we welcome them if they're of the right mindset, for sure. Ah, very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so you two have been uh, really promoting this um, women getting into rentals and Airbnb. Tell us about that. Well, I years ago was an investor and before 08 and that terrible crash and all that good stuff. And I did more long-term rentals and flips and things. I loved it. And when 08 came and kind of killed all that, I stepped away, got a little gun shy. And when I circled back around into the world of mortgage, I started playing with that idea. And I had a lot of investors that, you know, wanted to know more about the products, as you know, and things that we can do. And finally, we just realized we had a lot of women that were interested in particularly the vacation rental market, which is exploding right yes. now. It's great. Mm-hmm. And they just are a little skittish about how to get started. Who do I trust? How can I talk to someone about it? And so now that I'm in that market doing it, um, I thought, well, well, there's a reason that I can help these people. We can show them what our experiences have been, show them how to avoid some mistakes that we made. And I think we'll have a lot of people that will feel very comfortable being able to reach out to someone who will trust them and take them by the hand. And I think that it's, it's really exploding. Yeah. Women owning Airbnbs and vacation rentals is really growing. I love it. And what role do you play in it, Kathy? Um, I think from the automotive industry, I come with the customer experience, which has always been, for me, not customer service, yes, of course, but the customer experience. So when Nancy and I put together the plan on how we're going to help, you know, beginners, per se, I'm going to learn from her as well. I'm going to actually learn so that we're hoping that uh, we'll put together an Airbnb uh, the two of us, and take people through it from the beginning, finding the real estate uh, to the end. And I will be the one with all the questions because I don't have the financial background. But it, it'd be more about uh, the marketing of it, mm-hmm. uh, working with Airbnb on that. Now and does also, Airbnb help you with the marketing? Is that part oh. of the fees you pay? Or is it they just put it out wherever you can? It really depends. <clears throat> um, I chose to have a management company and not market it myself. And when I did the research on that, I just felt like the company that I ended up with uh, was Evolve, and I had looked at several. And what I like about that is for a very reasonable fee, they will take all the professional photography, they will do all the content, they make sure it gets on five sites, you know, Airbnb, VRBO, and three more, mm-hmm. so it's already done. And the best part is they have algorithms in place 
that change the pricing according to whatever the current demand is for the location, et cetera, the season. And it's there are softwares you can kind of navigate yourself to do that. I just didn't really want to mess with it, and I didn't want to have to be worried about if I had all my content perfect. And that's what they do, and it's very reasonable. And then I have you know the manager cleaner that takes care of that piece. So other than having the ability to reach out and have a relationship with the clients that rent, I know the rest is taken care of, and I wanted that. And Clarence, to Nancy's point here is that she did a lot of investigating. Mm -hmm. There are people who would take on the responsibility of the cleaning uh, or managing. A retired couple invest some money in it. But what we want to discuss is here are some of the options, but here's our experience, right, Nancy? Because mm-hmm. you've, mm-hmm. they've been wonderful. Yeah, we've been oh. very happy with that. And, and maybe there are people that are just so into their own social media and right. algorithms and they want to just do it themselves. You certainly can. So what would you say to someone who's like, okay, I bought a property. I'm worried about like some young college kids destroying my place. What type of protections are in place for someone who wants to do that? Well, obvious things are insurance, and you know we have our own insurance that we purchase. Um, Airbnb, for instance, also covers you for a certain amount. But the main thing is you market to the audience that you want. Okay. So in our case, we market to families. So we have a little bit larger place, lots of bedrooms. We have games, and we have a high mm-hmm. chair there, and a barbecue, and things that are meant more for families. And then they do a pretty good vetting process also through, um, oh, I'm trying to think, Evolve, thank you. So okay. they vet pretty well, too. So we have questions that sort of rule people out and a lot of astringent rules they have to sign that, you know, there's none of this and none of that. So we just hopefully avoid all that. We haven't run into it yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and the location probably would, mm. you know, if you're on the beach in Miami, who knows? You, know, <laughs> right. you might not be able to control that so well. <laughs> that is true. You, and if you're renting at spring break, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> so how much time are you guys spending on social media? Personally, because we both have different businesses, plus what we do together, I, I'm, I will bet you three hours, including a client. Yeah. Same, yeah, Same. at least yeah. three hours a day. Now, you with the car business, mm-hmm. what are you advising people when they're going to buy a car right now? Because why don't you clear up the myth that there's no cars and a use, why are used cars getting more value than they normally have in the past? Well, since there are uh, no new cars per se because of uh, you know the issues we're, we're having with chips, etc., uh, used cars then, of course, are the, some people really need a vehicle now. So I would advise you, if, you, if you're driving a, a car that's not giving you any problems, Clarence, and you say, is this a good time for me to go and, you know, buy a fifty, sixty thousand dollars vehicle and maybe overpay if they have it in stock? I would say absolutely not. So people are going to used vehicles. Um, and that's what lots are filled with now. Almost any dealership you drive into now, very few new models used and they are raising the price because they can and that's what's turning people to go to carvana um even though they've raised their prices too don't get me wrong if you thought if you want me to go a little further what i have found is a big deal is that dealers want your trade even if you're buying another used vehicle they want your trade and normally they would offer you more than normal but carvana has a program where they online, they tell you what they're going to pay you for that vehicle just by going through your VIN number and taking your word on it that, well, there's this little dent, etc. 
I know it works because my son-in-law went and did that. And I said, oh, when they come and see your vehicle, they are not going to give you that for your Denali. And they pulled up, gave him a check, pulled away. He never heard from them again and got top dollar. So I find that used cars, unless you really need to, that's your only choice. And there's very little wiggle room. Very little. What about, um, are you showcasing vehicles to get better gas mileage right now? It doesn't matter. No. People don't care. The price of gas is the price of gas. What I'm encouraging people is to multitask when they're on the road. Don't do, you know, six different uh, times go out in one day. Plan a little <laughs> so bit. So kind of just make like a block of time when you run all my errands at yes. this time. Yes. I mean, that, just like when the shortage was years ago was, would be my same recommendation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. So when is the next wine event? Well, we actually are doing a little bit of a branch out into some spirits as well, because so, we just didn't have enough to do. So <laughs> yeah, Let's add some more to <laughs> the Now plate. we're just going to do spirits, too. So I think uh, the very next one we have coming up will probably be in May, and it's going to be a vodka tasting. Yes. Oh, yes. And, uh, Thank you, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> we have a female-owned vodka company that's providing all of that, and We'll be setting it up pretty soon and, you know, marketing that with the group and sending out the emails to the folks on there. And and hopefully the month after that, we'll go and do wine again. And we'll just kind of go back and forth because we've had a lot of requests for you know, whiskey tasting and tequila tasting. Yeah. We have a I lot of too. people. And yeah. some people will do both. There will be overlap, but we have to kind of have a separate audience because there are so many people that just really want the spirit. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. So here's a good question. Why do YouTube, what did you guys, what makes you want to empower women? What is the motivating driving force at this point in your careers? Because you guys are both successful. You could just be doing anything right now. Why now doing this? Well, it's just kind of um, a visceral dream type of thing. You know, when you've grown up going through whatever experiences you have as a woman, Maybe nothing horrible, but, you know, there obviously are challenges sometimes in the working world with genders. And maybe you have, I have a daughter, and so does Kathy, she has two, and you want to make sure that the world is kind of understanding that you can do anything you want, and you don't have to follow any rules, and nobody's better than you. And I just like to give them the boost of, we're going to empower you, we're going to have your back, we're going to educate you, we can stick together. Do you two feel like um, things are better for women? Or you feel like you're still struggling some of the issues, pay, stuff like that? I'm not in corporate so much, yeah. so I don't and see And I work with so many men. Yeah. I'm sure it exists. I'm hoping it's less. It is. Um, what I'm finding is that inclusion has become such a big part, certainly in the automotive industry. I'm seeing more and more women promoted into higher ranks within the uh, different industries, mm-hmm. especially automotive. Uh, but what I do hear is that many of them feel that they've been promoted or put into higher positions because they have to. Um, a, a good example for me is I'm part of a group called Fifty uh, Fifty Women on Boards, and it's to promote women to be on boards of director, which is what was my goal for this year. But Nancy keeps me so busy, I couldn't. Um, <laughs> Nancy's catching a lot of hell today. <laughs> but um, at all good hell. Um, but what I have found from speaking in those groups and with those women is that um, 
they're putting women on boards because they have to, it looks good on there. But then I meet other businesses who only want women at the at the helm. Mm-hmm. I know of one in particular that's automotive related and they want more and more women to make the decisions. They they feel it's it's a better deal. But if you speak to some women, they'll say, uh, you know, they may have broken the glass ceiling, but now they gotta pick up all the little stuff to clean up too. Mm-hmm. I well, made that up. Was that good? Yeah. That was good. <laughs> I liked it. Okay, okay. Good. I think the other big thing we're really seeing though as a result is a lot of women going off entrepreneurs i love it you know they've just you know if they've gone through whatever it is in their career and they've developed an education and experience and they think i can go do this now they're doing it which is what the women 360 really flourished during covid Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you know nancy and i realized these women would say i can't go to work i'm a cpa you know what I'm home with the kids and so forth. I am going to become my own company, and I'm going to teach small business. Well, we had one woman. I want to teach small business owners how to keep their own books. So now we have an That's entrepreneur really who skill, needs... Yeah. Who can, you know, we can help within the group. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. Lots of good pivots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what is the biggest change since COVID? Have you seen... Or do you even feel like we're still out of COVID? What do you guys think? I feel like we mostly are out of COVID. And the fact that we do live events was the biggest change. We had to cut back on those and do mm-hmm. virtual things or, or not at all because people were afraid. And now we're able to kind of open the doors and go back out and do like we did this you know, lovely Porsche event. We had a huge turnout, lots of fun. People just loved it. They're so ready mm-hmm. to get back out yeah, and, you know, mingle and have fun. Right. So that's been great. And you know what, Clarence, we tested the waters. Um, our Facebook for the Women 360 is a private group, right? Nancy, is that the terminology? It is a private group. So the invite to the Porsche event, so don't be offended, the invite was in the group, Facebook group. That's who was invited. So it wasn't like an invite went out to people. And within 48 hours, we had over 100 women and men RSVP and went to the Scottsdale Wine Club private and went to the Women 360. Not her certified, not Nancy Meek, whatever. So that told us what we're doing works. And well, what's even better? Yeah. Who paid for it <laughs> and invited us? Well, that was the, the really cool thing about it. It was that Porsche's the one that approached us and said, you know, we really want to get in front of a women audience and we want to, we're reaching out to you to make that happen. Sweet. That means your group is growing. People are recognizing you. That's yes. important. Yeah, yeah, that was really a blast. So, what is what do you two have going on for the summer coming up? Are there, is there going to be any big events? Well, kind of, sort of. We are going to be continuing at the wine events and the tastings. We'll probably have something every month, one way or the other, as far as the wine club. Um, for the Women 360, we're launching into this new group that we're calling Flip Chicks, and that's going to be the group where we teach people about investing in short-term rentals. So there will be a period of um, kind of beta testing as we put the program together, letting people see what they think about it, getting feedback, fine-tuning it, and then we'll culminate into a summit where people can really get together and learn in person and teach each other and support each other. So I think that's really our big focus to get through this summer. 
But what about September? We just closed on our, our big event. We want to do at least one fundraiser uh, a, a year. So Gigi's Playhouse for Down Syndrome Families Children is our choice. And we just confirmed uh, it will be at the Porsche Museum. Uh, excuse me, the uh, Penske Museum over, you know what that is, um, donated by Porsche, uh, the fee, because it's quite expensive to have an sure. event there. And then um, Jason Schechterly uh, will be our keynote. Um, Linda Williams will be our MC, And we will have a Down Syndrome business owner, the sock company, the young man who started with his dad. So we have some uh, a great lineup that's September 9th. You'll all be invited. It's not just Facebook people. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we feel special now. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> that should be really a fun one. It'll be nice. Yeah. It'll be a panel, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Fit Over 40. Right before we get back into the show, I want to tell you about my company, Fit Over 40. Um, we deal with men and women over 40. Uh, we teach them lifestyle habits, financial habits, mindset coaching to help them live a better life in their 40s and beyond. So if you're ready to build a better body, create the energy to show up in your life, let's have a one-on-one fitness and nutrition co- coaching call, or we call them strategy calls. It's free. You can schedule a strategy call with me if you're interested in work with our company. It's basically how we start all of this. It's an introductory strategy call. It's an opportunity to discuss where you currently are, where you want to go, and how to overcome the roadblocks keeping you from getting there. If we agree on that call that Fit Over 40 is right for you and you're ready to make that change, then we'll discuss the next steps Excuse me, required to work together. Book your complimentary 45-minute call with me. This is a call about you. We focus on you. We develop a realistic and individualized action plan to make you powerful and make some long-term changes in your life. It is very easy to do. Go to book. 30withcoach.com. That's book30withcoach.com. And that's where we start the process. So well, yeah, we're ready to come like, back. Oh, yeah. We're oh, like, this no, is this good is content. Good, this <laughs> is good content. For right. Me. Yeah. So I'll we're going to start about, all over. I'll talk about the post I made that time where it was just like, you go, girl. And I had a hater come on and say, oh, you tell girl. It. And I said, you know, it's tongue in cheek. It's just, you know, we're your go, girl. We don't take the message, not don't get so hung up on that. I like that. Take the message. Don't get hung up on the words. Okay, so we're okay. we are back, and I'm um, with Nancy Beek and Kathy Droz, and um, I want to talk to these two about some terminology. Let's start with girl, and uh, what is the consensus? If a man said, hey, girl, would that be offensive, or would that be, you'd find that attractive or cuter? He's got game. <laughs> well, I, I like it, Nancy. Nothing. You've had quite a, yeah, an incident. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that in my book. I mean, I posted in our group one time a cute little meme, and it was like, you go, girl, because I'm always trying to motivate people, and I think it's fun and catchy and happy, and I don't find anything derogatory about it. I did get one feedback post saying, well, do you really think you should use the word girl? And I just thought, oh, come on. So I said, it's tongue in cheek. It's just, you know, it's just a way of saying we're all, you know, getting out there and going and girl can be a nice form of referring to each other. There's nothing derogatory in my mind about that. I thought it was really cute and not one other person made a comment. So, well, I think we talked about this before, but I got in trouble because I thought I was being respectful. I said to a woman, excuse me, ma'am. And she's like, 
don't you refer to me as ma'am? I'm not that old. Wow. I was like, well, what's the appropriate age to be called ma'am? Yeah. yeah. So you never know what to say anymore. Like if you, I don't even, I just say hi person. Yeah, I don't yeah even, exactly. I don't know if you're a man or a woman, just, hey, human being. Oh my God. <laughs> and that I, might yeah. be weird. I'm not even human. I don't know what I am. <laughs> that isn't, I say, so does I'll that, say, is that yeah. offensive to you? If I was to say, excuse me, ma'am, would you be offended? No, no, but I, I do think there is a, a I think it's respectful, and I've been told when someone says that that they more than likely were in the military. Isn't that funny? Or from the south, or from or. the south. So I don't feel. That do you? No. I mean, if they say, "Hey, old lady," <laughs> I might have a problem. But you know, now the, let's the, face it: there are so many much worse words that that's the least yeah. thing that I would get worried about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that seems absurd. I know. It's like move on. Yeah. We can do that. What what about are there any words else now? What about oh, our I know word? A word with, I could say that oh, most okay. women oh. would get offended. Okay, <laughs> See, don't use that. Well, I don't use it. I know, you know, but I've also heard some women that doesn't bother them. Oh, really? No, I can tell. Here's an interesting thing I heard. People say if you're in a group and you're part of that group, there are words that you can use in that group. Okay, like if I was to say, "Hey, bitch." Mm-hmm. Somebody might be offended, but I hear women call. I hear women call each other, not my time. group of people, not us. Yeah, but, and so yeah. just like if you use the f word to mm. gay people, they may be offended, but they all call each other that. Mm-hmm. So it's like the n word. Right. If you go in a group of black people, they call each other that. Yeah. So it's in your circle. You right. know, that's the thing. If you're in the circle, you can use these words. If you don't, you can't. So. But you need to know your audience. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. the basic. That's true, yeah. right? That's yeah. true. They're so you little, hear something, you can go, oh, I can say that. Yeah, and you just have to respect what it is. Right. And, you know, err on the side of caution, I suppose. But I think a word like girl is just, you know. So. I think it's flattering. What about baby? Hey, baby. Well, other than my oh, husband, baby. I'm not sure. I mean... Some see someone like, hey, somebody's paying attention to me. That might yeah, be you'll okay. get what do you think, yeah. You probably would get a lot of different responses. You might think, you know, I would laugh it off and think it was funny. Someone else would be offended and think they're being, you know, oh, no, they're being rude and sexist or something. Or but flirtatious. It's like, yeah, flirtatious. But I mean, it depends on how it's delivered and who it is, too. So if it's a guy in a zoot suit and he's got a big chain on and <laughs> hair, he's like, hey, baby, you might, would that be offensive to you? I would just be. No. I'd be, I'd take him home. I'd be cracking up. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be laughing. I would just be laughing. <laughs> really? Okay. That's fine. Uh, we talked about that last week on the dating show about how do you approach people because we don't know anymore. Everything is offensive, so you don't know. I know. And you were mentioning mentioning about using the word chicks. And, you know, so we chose flip chicks. And we thought long and hard about it, too. But at the end of the day, I don't consider that derogatory. I think it's a fud, catchy word. And, you know, we're a little bit older, so maybe being a chick makes us feel good. You know, it's a cute way to have a play on words of us not being grandma. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be chicks than Flip grandma. Yeah. So, so, but some yeah. women, that's the thing now, like being called grandpa. When I was younger, I used to think that was derogatory. You know, now really? it's like people say, oh, you're a grandpa. That's actually like a pickup line. 
You know? Oh, there you go. Well, you're right. Mama. (laughs) Yeah. Two mama means you're a grandma. (laughs) But you know, the pickup line for a single man is to walk a dog alone. Absolutely. And make sure that dog is cute because all the girls, (laughs) girls, women, chicks. She said it. It's a magnet. It's a magnet. And that conversation then, because, you know, oh, what's the dog's name? How long have you had it? And then the next thing you know, hey, you want to go for coffee? I, I should have been on that show last week. Didn't that happen to you? She was walking her dog and some man approached her. You fell for it. You fell oh. for oh. it. You fell for it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> what about a man walking a cat? <laughs> Do you recommend that? I probably would run. What if it's a lion? Is that sexier? If he has yeah. his shirt off and he's walking a big lion. I don't know. Well, there's a curiosity. Yeah, like, who is that yeah. dude? Where does he live? <laughs> and how did that get past the HOA? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So We're one good. of the things you two do that I'm curious about, there's, there always, there's that meme, bad girls never get anywhere. But your thing is good girls get somewhere. So tell us about that. Um, I flipped the terminology because I felt that we were making women we were getting press. We were making a difference. And the women that we're working with are making a difference. So we're good. And we are good good girls. We just had that conversation in the car here. How a female approach is different. Well, obviously, we know that than a male approach in sales and marketing. And we were talking about how we were always wanting, you know, how can I help you? This is really nice. Thank you for having us on your podcast. How can we help you? What can we do to help you? Men, we find just want to get something business-wise, et cetera, and they're not so quick to say, and how can I help you? So, Nancy, what what's your take on, we are good girls, and I think most of our, or good women, whatever, well, good chicks. It, it sort of relates to the fact that we're more relationship-based. Mm-hmm. When we make any kind of a contact with somebody, Maybe, you know, you know that's a good contact for you and you could collaborate and do something great, but you don't just dive straight into that. You really, if you're doing it right and you're thinking about it for the right reasons, you base it on a true relationship and you make it genuine about how it can be a win-win rather than just, I'm just going to schmooze this person until I get what I want, you mm-hmm. know. And that's what makes those things have longevity and can be, you know, genuine. And I, th- I think it's one little difference you sometimes see. I so let's say someone is watching this female and who's in sales and maybe she's struggling. What's a, what's some advice you would give your, you deal with men. And usually in sales, you're dealing with a lot of men and maybe you're selling pharmaceuticals. You're doing a lot of male doctors or you're going into a real estate. There's more men. How do you direct them? That's interesting because in, in the sales training that I do for auto dealers, for the sales staff, it's all focused on the customer experience because, I mean, you chose automotive and it's not, sales is not as hard selling as that. Of course, it's changed. We won't go into how it's changed. But even on the phone now, because very few people are coming into the dealerships, they're doing most of their work online and then they might call and query. They're not having receptionists anymore that pick up the phone. It's going directly to a salesperson. And I just made a um, suggestion to a dealer the other day. I called twice, and it was like, I am the Ford, and then this is how I hands mine. And I said, excuse me? And they said, it's from Ford, and doesn't call. I go, is your name Carlos or Caravan? I didn't get it. And they were disgusted with me that I would ask those questions. 
that is now the way sales are done. So I could teach you in person how you deal with a female versus a male when you're trying to sell a car. It's all about customer experience or service. Don't say the coffee's over there. Ma'am, can I get, ma'am? Uh-oh. That <laughs> girl, might be bad. Girl, girl can I get you bad. a cup of coffee? How do you know? Like, yeah. is there like a color sheet, like a uh, pH stick? Touch this, ma'am. Oh, she would be okay with girl. Uh, you? Yeah. you would See, have already memorized their name. Hi, I'm Nancy Meek. You have to remember that. Nancy, or can I call you Nancy? Yes. You know, Nancy, how about I get you a cup of coffee? How do you like your coffee? That you now without, have completely without, immediately changed, in it, sir. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing is going to make me buy this car unwillingly. Well, <laughs> Sales is about relationships. You're going to go yeah. over and above. Yes, if you're definitely you know, going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right, that wins every time. Same with the Airbnb. Your mm-hmm. welcome basket looks like I walked into uh, Saks Fifth Avenue for the day, <laughs> but she knows. Um, I'm watching the show about the Lakers dynasty. How mm-hmm. Jerry Buston took over. And uh, it just, it's hilarious how the women in there who are in the back office, they tell, put your hair down, lift your skirt up or drop that off your shoulders. Do you, do you ever hear about that anymore? Is, is that just a thing of the past? I mean, because it was, and no one, they thought it was normal. No one said, oh, that's offensive or anything. It was just, yeah. Well, it's same as the Weinstein, you know, going back to media with the same thing. I think that our daughter's generation would not. Uh, tolerate it. Um, I think my generation maybe did, but that's also part of, I want to say, teaching men how what is respectful, what isn't. But I will say this, if the woman does not speak up, it'll continue happening. Well, I think the, in those days, they were worried about getting fired. Right. They just dealt with it. Right. You know, they didn't. They didn't appear to be happy about it, but no. you know, it's like, well, do I lose my job? And well, let's build confidence in women. I think that's what we want to do is build enough confidence in women that, you know, plan B is always going to be there. But I do understand in certain areas, like, um, Nan- and, and uh, sorry, Laura, I realize that you're not necessarily part of this, but Laura, in the media, those those anchor women and men, I can only imagine <laughs> if they didn't do what they were told, you know, yeah. they were out of work and where else are you going to work? Yeah, because once you get a bad name, it's hard to go somewhere else. But I know Unless you're HR companies, followers. <laughs> you know, like where, oh. where Chelsea works, my daughter, you know, it's corporate and, and their HR is pretty darn strict. Okay, so good. if things like that start being promoted, then it's, it's squashed pretty quickly. They're very liability right. conscious. So, And then in that um, documentary, uh, didn't the owner's daughter, she posed for Playboy? She did some things. She yeah. did. So here's the sad part. Back then, if you did that, you were now looked at as, well, if she's going to pose nude, I don't need to give her the respect if she, the same respect. So women have had to come a long way as well to get the respect and confidence. And obviously money helped in her case and who her dad was. But, you know, that's the other end of it. Our behavior can dictate how we're treated. Mm-hmm. So you're controlling the narrative from the beginning, essentially. You come in demanding respect. And we want women respect. and we want women to the same thing. How do you thing. teach that so cuz some women will in part in the phrase she's bitchy, which really she's just standing up for herself. How do you balance that? 
fine line. Some people say, oh, she's really bitchy. Or when she's really just saying, listen, I want to be treated a certain way. Well, how do you think back in, you know, 25 years ago or even longer for, for me in particular, men had no problem saying, well, she must be on her menstrual cycle yeah. or they didn't even say it that way. No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that would, in, that would infuriate me. So, uh, but I have an attitude. I am, you know, I've got a little bit of a sassy edge. Nancy probably, you know, Nancy's nice. Nancy's very nice. <laughs> but wow. but no one ever probably Nancy said anything has a to her. I'll bust you over the hair of my wine bottle in her. It just has to be brought up. Nancy Let's is bring brilliant. her husband in and it can happen. talk it, about some arguments. Yeah. No, <laughs> Nancy is brilliant. She just doesn't brag about it and, and put it forward the way, you know, people like me do. <laughs> I find that depending on how you conduct yourself, there will be just those that are going to be that way no matter what, yeah. but a lot of them are going to react to how you present yourself. Correct. And if you have some confidence and you aren't tolerating, tolerating those kind of things, you know, they usually figure it out pretty quickly. So, yeah. I so, okay, with that being said, you said present yourself. Let's talk about dressing for an interview. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know what your body's like. If you have certain features that you know you're going to a male dominant, would you suggest that or would you suggest dressing down? Because that might be perceived as weird, like a person is overly dressed down, like, is this chick, like, weird, is she? No, I mean, if I'm going to something professional where it's a sales situation, I'll wear a fitted dress, I will wear high heels, but I won't be having crazy cleavage. cleavage. (laughs) It'll just be, it'll be tasteful, but it'll be female, and, you know, if they like the look of that and that helps them make a decision, that's on them, but I'm not, I'm not going to do anything overt. Okay. So I believe you can be feminine and show mm-hmm. that off without getting ridiculous. What about you? What did it say you? Well, you know, when you have a book with red high heels on I the know, front, and that's, yeah. you know, it's, right. you know, which was... You kind of um, have to do yeah. right. And, you know, it was, a, you know, and that could have been, you know, there were women who criticized that and said, you know, you're, you're portraying a sexual... I go, uh, I'm in marketing. That will get people's attention. And there's a story, if you read the book... It's about my mom, you know, being 4'11", wore high heels till she was 80-some-odd years old, and it was for height. And also she said, you and I have short legs. If, we have, if we're wearing a heel, we have much better-looking legs. And I always, you know, I remembered that. Of course, at 80, I don't think I'll be wearing heels. But That has never worked for me. And the I heels? The heels? The heels do not didn't work help for your legs. No, it didn't help my legs or my balance oh my or anything. Gosh. Just but you're so pretty. fit. <laughs> just under 40, weird. yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to skip that advice. I always dress professionally, especially in the um, with men uh, in the auto industry, where I would out with the girls. I would wear whatever I felt like, but I'm very conscious that the respect is that I'm a professional female. Always, even when I was younger, um, because men imagine women nude, no matter what you're wearing. Um, but I think for me, it's always been they look at me more as a mom mm-hmm. than a. And actually, that's so kind of a hot thing, too. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing, Clarence. <laughs> really? Those guys might have a thing if there's an hey, mom. Oh, boy. <laughs> there's some oh, way deeper beyond that. Never <laughs> say <laughs> never. Yeah. No, never say never. I, I tell Laura all the time, there's all kinds of categories oh, <laughs> deeper oh, into. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, next <I> question. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, though. It's true. <laughs> so I, I said this, um, I think, two weeks ago. I feel like when you get past a certain age, the type of people that are coming to your life are different. Would you agree with that? Once, once you've kind of defined who you are, the type of people who enter your life are different. 
Would you agree or disagree? I would agree that it has a lot to do with more than just age. It's probably what your experience brought you, mm-hmm. who it's turned you into now, and what you're about so that that's what you attract. And in, you know, in our case where we've had a long road where we've made changes and grown, we do attract different types of people now because they want to be around what we're doing. And some of it is experience, which obviously does come with age. I don't notice it to be as age-related, though. Mm-mm. I don't know either. It's mostly about your experience, what you're about, and how you present yourself, what I have found. But, you know, Nancy, we were talking the other day about the fact that our very, very close friends who we've had for so many years who we're still friends with, that we're starting, when you sit down and have lunch with them, you, we don't always have as much in common or mm-hmm. and do you think that's age related like most women are age or retired maybe at this point yeah they've chosen to go a different mm-hmm. path doesn't mean you love them any less but you're not right. going to have that in common because you've chosen this world mm-hmm. and we're passionate about it we talk about it we sleep and breathe we it, live it and yeah so obviously we're going to hang around with like-minded people that ends up probably changing your group somewhat Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. So, Nancy, where can people find you if they want to inquire about what you do? Well, they can just go to my website, nancytmeek.com. A little bit of information about all of those things. Kathy? Hercertified.com. And on there is the Women 360 and some other things. But that's probably the best way. We would love women to try and get in our group. No, we'd love women to go to our Facebook page, uh, the Women 360 and the Scottsdale Wine Club, and just check it out and maybe join. Yeah. If Melissa lets them in. Yeah. (laughs) They're free and they're fun and, you know, a lot of good people you can meet and interact with in there. Sure. And keep an eye out for flip chicks. Flip chicks. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think it's really good and that information needs to be out there. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate thank that. Thank you. Appreciate well, it. Thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I we never know what come. I'm expect with you, too. <laughs> well, you're, you are going to come to the vodka thing. I, I'm hoping. Yes, yeah. that will be well, good. Watch Laura get, get drunk. And Laura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll have to get you to that one for sure. Yeah, I will definitely check Thank that you, out. Thank you, Clarence. Yeah. For I'm not a big wine person, but I, I actually yeah, wish I... Yeah. That's a good question for you now. Oh, go. What is a good wine for someone who's really not into wine, but something that if you go somewhere, you can order and just kind of be in the group and oh, not yeah. be so weird? You're pretty safe always with a red blend because most people that don't have a certain palate for very dry or very sweet, you can get in a blend. Typically, it'll be just neutral and soft enough you can, you know, have it's palatable and you can drink it. I find that's the safest route. Red blend, good. All right. We will see you all next week. Fit Over 40, I'm Coach Clarence. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can follow me on all platforms where you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can also find me on YouTube at Coach Clarence TV. Like and subscribe so that you get all the videos as soon as we drop them. And last but not least, remember the golden rule. If you can't be good, be good at it.